Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
cyberpunk and censored. Wednesday, Wednesday. Hey, we're live. Everyone can see us now. What's up, everybody? Hey, uh, I see we already have a lot of a lot of people joining in nice and early to the chat. I do want to mention uh, to everyone in chat if you know volumes are weird, too low, too high, things like that are happening, anything freezes, please just make note of that in the chat. Um, I have it up as part of the stream. So, uh, you know, contribute our, your ideas to this deep dive. We're going to talk about everything and anything nomads. Now, this isn't going to be, you know, a crunchy sort of video about, like, the technical side of nomads. Like, I already have... Absolutely Yeah, not. <laughs> and I've, I've already got a crash course about, you know, the Moto uh, rollability sort of thing. Um, anyone that wants to learn more about that, go check out Cyberpunk Uncensored on YouTube. You can see the complete crash course and all that stuff. The deep dive series is more about flavor. It's more about fun. We're going to... We're going to go over the life path stuff, then we're going to talk about different archetypes, we're going to get into you know, recommended skills and stats depending on how you want to play your nomad, and then we'll take questions from the chat. But, uh, but throughout the entire episode, please, if you're watching uh, and you have a, an interesting idea to contribute about what you know, nomads or whatever we're talking about at the moment, put it in chat. We'd love to uh, have you contribute your ideas. So um, before we get into it, though... Everyone can see I have a guest with me today, Ellen Graham. You might recognize her from Roll the Cast. Um, I'm a big fan, and she's part of the Sirenscape weekly play that I run on the Sirenscape channel. But, uh, but Ellen, why don't you take, take a few minutes here and just you know tell people about you, your brand, where they can find you, all that good stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's so funny you say brand. I, I'm, I'm using like the tagline to describe myself that I'm a hot nerd. <laughs> um, and on some days I'm just a nerd. <laughs> um, so I am Ellen Graham. I am one fourth of Baby Beard Media, a podcast empire where we make a TTRPG series called Roll to Cast. We just hit our 100th episode, which is really great. And we're wrapping up our latest series, which is Pulp Cthulhu, which is such a rollicking good time. The next season will be Kids on Bikes, which I will have the good fortune to be the GM for. So I'm very excited for that. You can also check out our YouTube series, Baby Beard Media, where we do Let's Plays. And like, we've been doing daily content for almost a year. So if you haven't been on it, like, Plenty. It's a, it's a smorgasbord for you to enjoy. Um, yeah, and I also play with the Sirenscape gang uh, hmm. under the, the lovely direction of, of Rob here. Um, That's I'm me. I'm sure I do other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Handball and tea. I'm sure I do other stuff. I work in theatre and uh, I come from Australia. So, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Sorry. Every time. <laughs> sorry. Apologize for that. We'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. Yeah, but it's, it's funny that you mentioned about, uh, you know, working on stage, you do all the play stuff and I guess you produce mm. it. You have your own company that you do. Every time yeah. we always plug like who we are, or what we do, I'm always like, hey, I'm the founder of Cyberpunk Uncensored. I stream here. I stream there. I play there. And I never really mention uh, too much about like my websites, my marketing yeah. company, my filmmaking. You know, I mention Films? it in streams when I get into stuff like that. But it is a big part of who I am and, and it's a big part of who you are too. I really like the fact that you're into acting and producing and doing, you know, plays and things like that. And I think, you know, having that, those sort of talents um, 
lean into role playing. You know, it makes you a great role player. Uh, you know, I, I yeah. think uh, it's hand in hand. You know, with acting. Also, thanks Renegade for the the subscribing. That notification came up. I really appreciate that. Um, and anybody that's familiar with uh, Renegade here. Uh, he's part of the new monthly team that we're starting up this Saturday. I've got Session yes. Zero going. We have uh, one of your uh, partners from Roll the Cast joining. I know, Sean. Sean. And, yeah, and then I've got Greg from How to Drink <laughs> joining us. Um, Steve from Sirenscape Renegade. Um, it should be really fun. And then we got uh, Tarabella Pondsmith, which is a Pondsmith. It's Cody's wife, so it's a great team. And then I've got my wow. other monthly team. That'll be back on the 30th. And then, like we mentioned, the weekly Sirenscape stream, which is on the Sirenscape Twitch, that's every Thursday. Um, so anybody watching, tune into that as well. Um, like I said, yeah, I'm the founder of Cyberpunk Uncensored. Everybody can check out cyberpunkuncensored.com to learn more um, or check out the links in the description. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, but let's, let's get... Such a modern guy. You got streams coming here out of the wazoo. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere. Streams everywhere. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, let, let's, di- let's get into this. Let's dive into the deep dive, you know? Let's talk about nomads. Um, I, I love to, you know, every episode, I love the guest to kind of, I don't know, run it. I'll, I'll interject oh, cool. and things. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, let's go over the life path. You know, Cyberpunk Red, Cyberpunk in general has always had a great life path system mm. uh, from the beginning till now. Red elaborated on that. I love it because it's not just the general life path, but each role yep. has their own life path. And, that, and that's what we'll start with uh, today. So if you just want to maybe first describe what a nomad is and then just let's take Fantastic. us through the life path. Yeah, so we have like the kind of stock standard description of nomads, which kind of carries over from 2020 into red. They're transport experts, ultimate road warriors, pirates and smugglers who keep the world connected, which is a great way to be, especially when a nuke has been dropped in Night City. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all coming up for the, uh, it's all coming up Millhouse for the nomads. (laughs) It totally is, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they got super no. They got like super noble and like you know a, a yeah. requirement or whatever. I don't know the right word, but a necessity uh, during the time of red because, like you said, they handle all the transportation and supply chains and. Well, yeah. You know. So it's, I just like uh, it's fun to be a nomad in red because, like, from being a ostracized kind of group in 2020 to be like, yeah, you come back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Although I gotta say. You see how it ends up in 2077. If you have that world book from Dark Horse, it kind of explains, and you see it in the game, like nomads transitioned back into like gangs or or almost having that sort of mentality and lifestyle. And it makes sense because as it gets into the future, all of a sudden they're not needed to run transport and supply Mm. chains anymore as technology gets back and all these things are restored. And they're just like, well, fuck, now we don't have a job. Like, I guess we'll get, get into gang activity style shit now. For me, nomads have always been a kind of good great blend of old world meets new world and kind of you know what what necessities um that are required by like human labor will there still be in the cyberpunk world and and um you know because obviously chew too it's like it's such an outdated kind of thing i mean we've already moved on from like petrol as such so it's just like you know they're already kind of not not being phased out but nomads are like kind of always on the precipice of of not being relevant uh to society anymore so i think it's a great way if you want to blend a a little bit of old world a little bit of new world i like that which is kind of cyberpunk is all about but should we kick into the life yeah yeah let's do it um so obviously nomads like the the kind of shtick is that they're a group they need to band together because 
otherwise you need you need people to keep the engine running literally but then also they're your family when you know when you're camping when you're out living you kind of somehow amalgamate a group a pack um i know a lot of nomads kind of see that as their family which you can interpret as like you know it it could be a a a relationship but it could also just be like these are people i work with (laughs) and we and we stick together purely out of survival kind of thing um so you can have like just a little a little group that you travel with you know and then it kind of keeps getting bigger you've got a dozen 40 or 50 a hundred a blood family which is like hundreds <laughs> and then an affiliated family which is just like you know think of it like the mafia almost where it's like you've got all these big families under the one kind of group and from there you can kind of probably splinter off um yeah. which is yeah i mean th- mafia is not a bad like analogy as well in right. terms of how i sometimes think about nomads where it's like it's all about the family like their top priority and how you kind of structure your nomad culture would generally be like sorry whoever i'm working with it's always going to be you know my gang like first and foremost exactly like vbb in chat says you know we're a friend a friendly mafia though unlike those dirty raff and shiv you know oh yeah yeah. (laughs) a friendly you know your neighborhood mom and pop mafia But I just, it, it just popped in my head, too, uh, before we get to the next section. Uh, so, obviously, the yeah. first one in Life Path determines size. But before we get to the next one, I forgot to – I wanted to get my Sirenscape going here. Shout out to Sirenscape. We mentioned the gameplay. They're also an official sponsor of Cyberpunk Uncensored. And I just wanted to put some searing hot winds, uh, desert noises in the background yep. of our stream just so it kind of can maybe represent them traveling through the Badlands or something. So, and shout out to Cyber Fight Clothing as well. They're 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 another official sponsor. So okay. Oh yeah, let's, let's... I'm wearing my um black milk today. I don't know if you can quite see it. Oh nice. It's the, it's the Johnny Silverhand. Oh hell yeah, I love that. Yeah yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh yeah, Cyberpunk. Hell yeah. Um, but it's like hard because I have to like either do that for you to properly see it, right? Otherwise, it's just like a black top. But I am wearing it. Give me my straight cred. I need it. Um, So we've got, like, the family size. Then you've also got to figure out what do you, like, what base do your nomads operate? Because it's transport, it's construction, it's gangs, it's all that kind of stuff. But that can happen with any kind of transport. So, uh, you know, you've got land, air, sea, any way you can get around, you got to figure out what kind of pack they are. And then from there, you kind of figure out, you know, okay, if they're on land, what are they? Cargo, you know, do they go around protecting, um, you know, are they a kind of bunch that they got to go protect the cargo as it's moving? Are they mercenaries? Do they just work in construction? migrant farmers and uh as i rolled very luckily in our campaign feed the beast i rolled traveling show slash carnival and i could not have been happier (laughs) um yeah like that one in particular traveling show and carnival i think is so so exciting um in terms of nomad lore because as we talked about it like yeah they're they're the essential workers and they're always like 
when is society going to turn on us again? But the thing is, like, yes, you've got brain dancers. Yes, you've got all these kind of things. But there is a, a very human element in the arts always. And as someone who works in theatre, that's, like, totally a thing I vibe with where it's, well, like, yeah, you can't you can't get robots to do right. to do the arts. And, and if you can, then there still needs to be some human element, you know, who's oh, right. writing the scripts, yeah. who's coding it, yeah. No, and I love what you did with the Nomad. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the these deep dives because I get to explain, you know, tangent ideas and alternative yes. ideas to playing <laughs> different roles. And I think um, the fact that, that Arts Halsorian, you know, put that right in here, you know, you, you always think of migrant farmers, cargo shipments, yeah. all this stuff with Red, but they put in there, um, you know, traveling show carnival. And I just think that's great because it's really unique. It, I don't think it's something you, you typically in the past would think of when you're thinking nomad. And yeah. I'm glad that you dove into that and made your, your nomad, um, oh, you know, right along those absolutely. lines. That's really cool that you rolled that and you went with it. I'm going to unroll yeah. the cast. And with that, like I leaned into the aesthetic of old world, so, you know, I went with the old-fashioned family circus, you know, with the big <laughs> tricks. And obviously with cyberpunk, you can, like, uh, you can always update it. So, you know, they have uh, big explosions. They have huge pyrotechnics. Um, you got to think about, uh, I guess, with everything in cyberpunk, it's always more, more, more. And when everything is commodified people have to work even harder to kind of get an edge in. It's kind of like, you know, everyone's always crushed under the wheel of consumerism. Right. No, what a fun role-playing game. No, no, <laughs> it is, though. It's and, so I loved, and I love the entertainment aspect of that because all the other ones are more of that, like you said, the essential worker side of it versus the entertainment. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it makes as far as for a GM too, just so many different weird campaign ideas come to mind because now you're not just dealing with the job of transport or who you work with and okay let me let me work around what you typically transport but with this whole entertainment mm. aspect it's man any fan anyone in the crowd anywhere you're going to entertain it's not like it's a particular um type of transport you're literally entertaining all kinds of people so i don't know it just yeah. seems more broad for options i really like that yeah it's putting that humanity kind of back into the world where people literally travel to perform face to face and also like i love that because with that artilsorian is already going whatever you know whatever you can think of i love their kind of you know approach to to hey this world is also yours you know don't feel don't feel afraid to chip in stuff because you could almost have like pit races and things like that and then you know once you've got your nomad gang like how do they do recreation because that's always important but i'm getting sidetracked We've also got air and sea nomads, which I have not delved into yet as a as a player, but they sound so fun in our Sirenscape game. Obviously, um, uh, uh, Phil um, Bud comes from uh, you know like a floating barge mm -hmm. kind of thing, um, which is a very cool element of Red. But obviously, we've still got sea transport and stuff like that, um, and then you've got to think. What's it? See, pirates. Yeah, baby, we can go full pirates of the Caribbean in Cyberpunk Red. The world is your oyster. Oh, it's a little nautical pun. Um, but then similar things. You've always got cargo that needs to be moved. And, you know, depending on where you are in the world, it might just be easier and safer to move it by sea. 
um, smuggling, combat support, combat support, and submarine warfare. Sorry, submarines as well are a very fun thing to delve into. Yeah, um, I really like the fact that they brought in <laughs> submarines, and if you notice in red, they they actually mentioned the the deep divers and the you know the societies that live under the water in those domes that have kind of been I don't know. Um, well, you know, we I did a, a, a Night City Live episode. Uh, anybody that wants to go to Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube, look up the Night City Live series. Uh, me and Lobster Falcon did a whole thing about the deep divers as well. And the fact like that they're in these underwater society domes, mm. possibly cut off from the rest of society. There's just yeah. so much weirdness that can go on there. And then when you think about submarine warfare and stuff, like it's just a whole different world you typically don't think about when you think cyberpunk. Everyone's like up in the city, maybe out in the, yeah. the badlands. You know, and yeah, you, you'll see AVs and you'll fly and stuff, but you rarely think about the sea and especially underwater. I really like that. That's the thing I, I like with nomads, like the possibility to think about because this is what cyberpunk it's it's our world, but just kind of differently imagined, or it's it's a dark prediction, right? So um, with nomads, you can really think about a lot of essential services that we have today you know like just drawing from my own experience my dad used to work for an oil company which is like boo but Mm -hmm. you know um but also it is a huge kind of empire that grabs a lot of like um you know not not fully educated young people because it's stable capitalism always needs it and it's just a big thing that literally requires manual labor. Um, so you can think of, you know, even oil, um, like oil barges or the, the little um, kind of, I don't know what you call them, but the oil rigs that you have like yep. out in the ocean of like fucking nowhere. <laughs> so someone has to, wherever there is something like, you know, buildings or something that is valuable to the corpse, they will always require manual labor to protect it. Like, you know, they could just probably uh, uh, use drones, but that is not how capitalism works. It's always the thing of like, but we need more jobs, so let's create useless jobs. So there's a lot of useless (laughs) jobs in the world um, that you can really draw on, that it's like people don't need to be doing that. But absolutely. So, yeah, you think oil rigs, you think barges you think way down um you know research facilities is really what a cool one to to draw upon you know maybe people just like fully retreated and they didn't come back out um you know are people in the antarctic in cyberpunk probably not because actually they're probably fine because it's probably melted right (laughs) probably tropical there now (laughs) oh god Oh, God, that's a horrible reality. Anyway, Air Nomads. (laughs) Every time I get too upset thinking about um, the state of affairs, I'm just going to roll into another topic. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, you can also have nomads in the air, in space. Um, So you've got similar problems, air piracy, (laughs) cargo, needing to be transported, passenger transport, aircraft protection, smuggling, and combat support, which would be a huge boon to any corp or any edge runner to literally bring in the air support, um, you know, and have kind of topographical 
fighting um, or, you know, with there, there's also a lot more opportunities of like, um, you know, maybe you're a med tech and you're going to do like a search, uh, a search rescue party kind of thing. Um, you know, that, that yeah. I, med techs usually have their little hovery thingies too. Um, but you know, think on a grander scale. Yeah. If you needed to find someone in our society, we have search and rescue and rescue teams. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's a whole kind of nomad, like nonprofit thing that is devoted to that, to kind that. of like combing those areas and getting a good kind of side of that. I, um, I like that a lot. Um, and yeah, VBB in there in the chat once again uh, says, I think one of my favorite uh, things about the nomads is that they have that level of organization behind them, unlike most of the other classes. And I, I got to agree mm. 100%. Um, I, I, I think like when Ellen tapped into that whole mafia vibe to it when you yeah. think about the multiple blood families it totally has that vibe very organized mm. organized families you know it's just maybe not as mafia based when you think of like you know crime syndicate they're more obviously in red more noble they're more about transportation cargo those sort yeah. of things and if you think outside the box search and rescue and these other ideas we've been putting out but absolutely organized i think that's a great great yeah. thing to mention yeah, and then he says, air, air pirates. Absolutely, yeah. in Cyberpunk, there's going to be sea pirates, just like in the land. You got Raf Ra and Shiv attacking cargoes, and in the air, there's going to be air pirates. I love that idea. Well, wherever there's goods, you yeah, know. And, somebody and wants stuff. them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's just, it's just kind of like a, a sad fact of when something's commodified. It's like there's always then going to be people who are like, great, I need to make a living. I will just deal and especially yeah. if it's from the court you don't feel that bad about it exactly um, <laughs> i mean look what they just uh, yeah. did during the fourth corporate war causing all that shit that, that had nothing to do with johnny don't mention that but uh <laughs> all the corpse fuck the corpse right johnny needs to grow up <laughs> i'll say <Yeah>. it <laughs> even if my mom does have the hots for keanu reeves <laughs> Hell yeah. oh and robert tables organized and loyal in complex ways lots of room mm. for social conflicts ethical dilemmas backstabbing retribution etc Great, great way to put that, Robert. I think that yeah. absolutely, like, organized and loyal in complex ways, yeah. Wherever there is community, there's always conflict, right? Because you can't, you're never just like, yeah, cool, these are my people, you know. Even in, even in your blood family, you know, there is constant, like, flux of, of conflict and, and when to back down from a fight, you know. What yeah. if you were a nomad who wanted to branch off? to start your own gang or conversely to join another you know there's a lot of kind of interplay that you can do um you can even have like i've never done it but you could even do like a whole party that is just nomads um yeah i've, know, I've never well. done it yeah i've never uh in all the years of gming and playing like i've never had uh, a team of you know just lawmen or just nomads or just solos or just whatever but I do really like that idea, and Nomad seems like a, uh, an easy one to kind of jump into if you were going to do that, because it makes perfect sense. Like, that would be your family. That would be your pack, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and also, like, Nomads, you know, they don't just, they're not all drivers. You can't all be right. driving the car at the same time. They need to, it's kind of like, um, oh, uh, kind of circling back, but as well, adding ideas into the mix, Air also rockets and mm -hmm. space travel like it kind of got uh you know the um the different kind of space uh colonies 
uh, kind of did get cut off with the rebellion. I can't remember if that's uh, that's in the gap between twenty twenty and red, isn't it? Uh, that yeah. like the colonies that was started in red, basically with slave labor, have been like, right. hey, f you, it's ours now, which is very cool. <laughs> but also, like you know, if they still need, if they still have some people, some guys on the ground to kind of rockets, you know, we've oh, yeah. seen from um, hate to hate to give him any kind of praise whatsoever but like elon musk has sent rockets up into the air so it's like right. if you have a lot of money and a lot of resources then it's not that hard exactly um, you know so it's and like it don't like... forget about space travel right That's, that could and, be really and with nomads like yeah and when we talk about the group like you said that you know not all of them are just drivers or whatever that's one thing i love about nomads is that they kind of have that dynamic you know a few roles have that i mentioned that in deep dives but not all of them but nomads is kind of one of those ones and, and you know i'll get i'll elaborate more on it when we talk about archetypes and recommended skills and stats but they're just one of those ones where it's like yeah they're going to need a little bit of tech because they've got all that drive land and sea vehicle tech yeah they drive so you want to give them a little bit of possible reflex dexterity or things like that you know depending on how you're going to play them in combat but mm. they can play any direction any which way it's not like um that defines their job like yeah it's it's travel it's convoy it's uh supply chains but if you had a team of them it's like maybe one specializes in paramedics and first aid stuff whereas this one's all about combat this one is all about driving and fixing the vehicles yeah. while this one does all the talking and networking yeah. you know so it's like i don't know nomads they're they're one of those ones where it's they they can go in any direction and still be considered a nomad i like it a lot yeah yeah cuz it's like people who you know astronauts um i found this out recently by watching one of those like uh um I forget what they called, like the masterclasses kind of thing. Yeah, master. with a real life astronaut, it was just so cool. And it's like, it was like a fact that totally blew me, which is like, yeah, astronauts need to know how to do everything. They need to do competent first aid and also a bit of medical training. They need to do a lot of engineering because once you're in the air, you need to be able. Every single person needs to be able to fill any gap possible. So it's like. You know, sh sure, the nomads aren't that cut off from society, but if you're on the road for long stretches of time, you know, if you're driving for three days straight without being able to see any other kind of, you know, um, resources around, then you're going to need meds, you're going to need engineers, right. you're going to need chefs, you're going to need some probably some some form of entertainment or intimacy or, you know, people need those things and nomads are no different. They just travel you know yeah um so it's a really really cool aspect so uh we've kind of talked about that a little bit but then once you figure out what medium <laughs> what medium your nomads operate on yeah. what they do as a group then uh who what are you what are you you know how do you figure out into this little family with sprocket she come my my cyberpunk red character from Feed the Beast, her, my nomad, she comes from a traveling circus. But the thing about her is she's really awkward. And I gave her like a dump stat. Uh, cool was her dump stat. So she had a cool of like two. Um, <laughs> so, you know, she's very, she's too exuberant to lie or do a lot of those social things. Um, she kind of like 
gets uh, us tumbled up in her words, you know, puts her foot in her mouth a lot. And as a as a stage performer, she doesn't have that kind of presence or, you know, she's just, she's not cut out for it. So um, as a result, the Volkovs, the traveling Volkov circus, um, uh, they leave her to do a lot of the kind of, you know, she spends her time doing a lot of fixing the cars a lot of um you know kind of driving out and and um hanging back and maybe doing a little bit of protecting um and those kind of other skills required to kind of keep the family running um you know uh, uh there's also like other skills that come in there that i gave that she because the great thing about being a nomad is you've got a lot of resources to learn from so if you want to pick weird skills a nomad is a perfect place uh, you know to to look at it from because think of all the people that you would travel right. with but then also the different people you would meet in your travels exactly you pick so, up random skills and things like you you can make it work you know like uh yeah. Like on the player side not character side like you know like you, you like to have it make sense what Yep. what your character has skills with you give it backstory and all that and like you said nomads they have so much opportunity to do almost anything you can think of because they do run into so many people and places and things like yeah and so yeah for 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 sprocket um sometimes she would be like a little annie oakley and that's why like her gun skill is really good <laughs> like um for using it in the show because she's like i can't do a big performance thing and they're like yeah but you're good at shooting so i don't know maybe shoot this apple off someone's head and she'd be like um and she learned animal handling because uh in a circus someone knew how to kind of they had like a little dog show almost and she learned um uh uh not karate she learned aikido from yeah someone who kind of came in and did a lot of choreography (laughs) for the troupe so it's just like um uh there's a lot of, of, of scope there. So, you know, figure out who you are in your pack. Are you the talker? Are you the kind of person who goes out ahead? That's like your scout. Are you someone who hangs back, you know, protect the family? You're the weapons kind of person. You're the muscle. Um, are you just a really good driver? You know, are you the one who's mostly behind the wheel? Or if you get into sticky situations where you need like a lot of, evasive driving or um aggressive driving they kind of tap you in are you are you a smuggler do you get stuff that the group needs um and similarly procurement you know yeah a lot of probably it's probably like a lot of retail right you're mainly in the back filling out forms (laughs) going over stock take of what's left in the vans yeah like you pick you pick procurement and the 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 campaigns are just boring as hell you're like clocking in You're like taking inventory. You're like Jesus, yeah. three three hours. The GM made me take inventory. Uh, it was boring as hell. I don't know what I'm doing here. Why I'm here? Like, that would be wow. awesome. And also yeah, shout think- sh- shout out to Leaded Coffee by the way before it gets too too far in for all those uh, gifted subs. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, he's a supporter wow. on Patreon. He's just a, a great part of the community. He's on the Cyberpunk and Censored Discord, and he's always uh, contributing and stuff. I really appreciate that. That was awesome. And, yeah. and Robert Tables had a question for Ellen. We're gonna yeah. do, we're gonna do questions at the end, um, but but I also don't want to lose any as well. So let's hit this before we move on with the rest of the life yeah. path. It says Ellen. So far, are there any aspects of playing a nomad that you initially didn't like, or advice for others that may be second guessing the role? Hmm. 
Um, I guess, like, the... I had reservations about Nomads in 2020 because I was like, it really doesn't feel like, as a Nomad, why you would kind of, you know, there, there seems to be a lot of kind of mental gymnastics of, like, why you alone would be away from your pack right. slumming it with some edgelords or helping them on whatever they've got to do because a lot of uh, 2020 stories are so centered about Night City and for nomads it's like why the fuck would I care what what petty revenge or whatever right. that you have to do in Night City in a place that does not really factor in to my life um which is not it's not a bad thing that that means no, that to you me, can have a really complicated backstory or exactly you know. and, and correct me if i'm wrong and everybody in chat i think you can vouch anybody from the old 2020 days back in the day um you know you would always be a nomad and play that shit like mad max so to speak even though that's yeah. kind of even though that's technically like lawman multi-classing into nomad a, a bit there but you get my point is like you would always play it like that loner you know you're away from your family in the in the badlands and you're coming to the city just looking to make money or do whatever, whatever the reasoning but yeah it was a yeah. little bit you kind of did have to do some mental gymnastics to to have that makes sense i think red with that individual life path stuff it oh man it's it's so perfect it, it makes sense and also and also with red how much more integrated nomads are into society um is is a, is a lot more helpful for backstory um certainly but yeah i i i would say just um just go for it like go for whatever idea excites you most like i think that's general good advice for any role-playing games you know sometimes you have to be a, a bit considerate of like what other characters are doing so you can kind of make a cohesive unit but especially with Artel Zorian games um go for a role you know if you if you say okay I want to experiment playing a nomad straight up roll for it because that's what I do with a lot of my characters sometimes I will tweak it because we are trying to make a kind of dramatic you know um full series with a with a character arc and that kind of stuff so we will sometimes tweak it and not go directly from roles but with sprocket a lot of her stuff i did roll in the life path and that gives you a lot of really tasty inconsistencies that you can kind of go oh well i rolled that my character's like a loner but then also has like you know five or ten siblings <laughs> so that's really interesting like yeah. what happened there that now this person is a loner was it tragic was it you know did they did they get iced or something or was it a disagreement you know they were going down a different path and you're moved on or maybe you just go this is not the life for me i want to try and make it somewhere else so lean into have fun see what you roll see the the fun things that you roll but then after that you might realize oh actually i think it would be fun to play a land nomad or I, you know, all those kinds oh, of Oh, hundred percent. No, I think that's yeah. a great point too, is like if somebody's, you know, second guessing, diving into a role mm -hmm. and how you want to play it. Yeah. Just roll out the life path and see where it, it takes you, you know, and yeah. you can always change it, make it your own. One thing that I've done with, with players in the past, sometimes I do this. Um, I'll say, you know, you can either roll or choose parts of the life path. Sometimes I'll say, Hey, roll twice for each section and just pick which one of the two. That way it's a little bit of chance, a little bit of choice. It's not fully choosing it. It's not fully yeah. chance. You at least get two options. You rolled both of them. I don't know. So have fun with it. I think Ellen put it well, just dive in, ro roll the different sections and see where, where it puts your character and then try to have fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then 
we have our PAX overall philosophy, which is really, really interesting. That's where we get into the like the you know the moral quandaries or how how you want to um, approach the characterization and kind of like um motivation if you go from from like an actor's standpoint of you know who your people are where you come from uh so you've got one always working for good your pack accepts others you just want to get along so that's a very like altruistic kind of um you know really accepting which is very nice of the nomads i i must say after after 2020 and after kind of being on the edge you know you've got some people who really are out there to be like nah you know we're a found family we all found each other on the road and that's how we became strong so we're we're happy to welcome others into the fold um you could also get if you're a character you could be totally more multi-classed going into that because you could be like i was a corp you know but they accepted me you know so there's a lot of fun things there you can do um number two it's more like a family business operates as a fair and on uh, operates as a fair and honest concern so we kind of you know they're not they're not super altruistic they're not like hoping to like uh accept everyone they are a family they'll be nice and fair but also if you cross them then ugh, that's on you because <laughs> they were fair <laughs> exactly yeah yeah um three will occasionally slip and do unethical things but it's rare so you're moving more into kind of grayer territory. Uh, four, willing to bend the rules whenever they get in the way to get what the pack needs. Family first, right? So if you need to ice some other smaller gangs or if you need to kind of raid, um, you know, raid a little community and like steal some of their supplies or even that's where piracy and stuff comes in, you know. I also it's, think it, it's kind of fun too. It's is like how it goes obviously the beginning is like the more fair and just and honest and then it gets into the gray area then obviously you'll you'll mention the next two you know it gets more and more eh, like they're bending the rules now they're just kind of ruthless and fucking shit up but i think a fun way to look at that stuff too is like that's the pack's overall philosophy so yeah you're part of the pack but how fun would it be that like you're fitting into this honest, fair family business, but maybe individually you're a nomad that's like, well, beh- behind the curtains, I've been the rules. I just don't tell my family, but I'm doing what's yeah. best for the family, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or, or the opposite. <laughs> you know, they're all doing illegal shit and behind the thing, like, you know, they're, they're robbing a place. And as they're leaving, you're like, ah, shit, let me just leave like 100, eddy, 100 eddies on the yeah, table for the yeah, shit that we like, stole. And they, they don't see it, you know, and like, I don't know, it might be kind of fun to play your individual morality uh, conflicting or contrasting to the overall pack philosophy. I, I kind of like mm. that idea. But go on. I don't want to interrupt too much. I just wanted to interject. Oh, that. no, no. That's all good. Like, I, I was just kind of thinking about Sprocket as an example. Like, her family is too. It's more like a family business. Like, they're very fair um, and and honest. Um, but it is a – like, it still is a business, you know. They, they operate. You know, they have their schedule. You know, her father and mother, they keep things running – they're quite relentless about, okay, morning, warm-up time, rehearsal. We need to go over their acts. We need to blah, 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 blah. And while they're very loving, Sprocket as not a, a performer is kind of like, I don't fit in here a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. You know, she wants to do proud by them, but obviously she's like, this isn't kind of her calling. So the reason that she ends up 
you know, where we start off and feed the beast in this little anarchist community heaven is because she wants to go and try and find where she belongs. So, you know, it, it's a lot of great storytelling basis. And, and similar for there was a previous nomad from that pack, Brunhilde, who was like the strong woman in the circus. She got old, like, you know, she did her back. She stuff like that it's just like she wants to kind of put up put up steps and so that's how she found heaven too so there's a lot of great backstory stuff that comes from from philosophy in general because yeah. cyberpunk's such a philosophical game um then we have the kind of more we said we're inching back like from from black and white into gray further into gray we have five ruthless and self-centered willing to do some bad things if it will get the pack ahead i think that kind of speaks for itself right yeah, <laughs> yeah. um and six totally evil you rage up and down the highways killing looting and just terrorizing everyone getting crazy right there <laughs> to me that that's almost uh, like raf and shiv territory like you're just yeah i was gonna say like know, raf and shiv yeah like you're raging down the highways it's crazy um, and yeah, shout, shout out to uh, uh, Vampire Bites for the sub, let it coffee for the chair. I appreciate all y'all. Um, but oh, yeah, it's yeah. kind of crazy. And I, I, I don't like thinking of nomads that way, but I appreciate the, the spectrum that they're giving you there, you know, leading from good guys yeah. all the way to almost evil, you know, and everything in between. And like I said, it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that that's how the characters played. It might be more interesting that that's the pack philosophy, but you're kind of opposite. You're like, fuck, you know, I don't like raging up and down the highways and looting and killing people and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. But it's my family. What can I do? You know, I'm just, I'm making the best of it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get out of this in a minute. But yeah, And also you think about, you know, how do they get new recruits? Like, is it a kind of uh, Star Wars new trilogy kind of like how the, how the, um, the first order operates well obviously you're not going to be able to recruit people to being stormtroopers they're evil right. <laughs> they're space nazis i'm not <laughs> going to be like you know they are space nazis but their their medical benefits are pretty good you know what? i'll take the job like <laughs> like you're not going <laughs> to get great dental i'm uh, yeah, exactly. I'm on you know you're not going to get people who know both sides of the thing to to join on so what do they do they go raising and they take children and then they basically recruit them. So, you know, that could be a great backstory for a nomad who was kind of like, I never knew because that that was the, all I knew. You know, they, they mm -hmm. took me and I've been indoctrinated. Um, but then you've also got to think about why do they do these things, you know. In cyberpunk, no one's just like straight up evil, you know. Right. It's all very human. Why do they go around just like setting everything on fire is there a kind of like you know um us or them mentality is it is it revenge is it kind of you know so that no one follows them um are they like a cult almost have they been manipulated by this yeah. kind of cult or a bit of a yeah i know a bit of a defense system like taking an offense is the best defense like they're just be you know precautionary but they're being fucked up in their mythology yeah yeah you know, how they how they pull it's it off you know yeah it's almost like reavers you know have they just have they just snapped um i don't like to kind of delve into that because it's like you know as someone with a mental illness i'm like when i snapped i just kind of like didn't get out of bed i didn't go around raising villages to the ground right. <laughs> but you know it's that kind of thing of like 
you realize there's nothing more, you know, so you want to rage against the machine, but you know, who do you hurt in the process? Yeah, and like a kind of thing. Persona Minor says, uh, that struggle to maintain humanity in the world of red is one of the best role playing features of Cyberpunk Red. I agree. I think that even when you know, even though it's recommended, you know, keep it on a street level. You don't want, you know, no edge runners are, are trying to be world heroes. We're going to save the yep. world and save everything. Like it's, it's not a Marvel role-playing game or like some epic, like fantasy thing. It's, it's very street level and it, it involves a lot of survival, uh, whatever aspect, you know, in, in your role play, you're going to do it always seems to come down to, to survival or defending yourself or something along those lines. But, um, but I do agree. I think that struggle to maintain humanity, especially when you have things like cyber psychosis and other things, beyond morality um i think it it's just it's it's really interesting and i think that it's a fun take to have because the city is just inherently just fucked up you know it's the dystopian future so if you're going to be one of the few that's like well i'm trying to feed homeless and care for people and do the right thing and it's like it's few and far in between so it's going to be a rough Mm. ride and i think that's a lot of fun yeah and just as we're kind of like moving away from philosophy you got to remember like a lot of the mooks that you see in cyberpunk they have a philosophy you know so so we talk about raf and shiv and stuff it's like yeah you know they are written as pretty evil but also we don't know you know i one thing that i i remember phil talked about when he was kind of talking about gming is that uh, especially in our cyberpunk campaigns he usually gave the people names when he was describing you know our mooks that we were going up against because it's like you know they generally fall on the three to six kind of thing um of hey people gotta eat and it's yeah, that they're doing kind a of, job you know <laughs> it's that kind of struggle and and maybe you know what do we look like from the raf and shiv perspective as well mm-hmm. it's it's quite interesting of like no one really thinks that they're that evil so how right. do you how do you kind of twist your your villains morality in a way that makes mm-hmm. them really compelling and stuff um but with a gang and with doing shit in cyberpunk you generally also make enemies yay <laughs> so um nice transition is, thanks <laughs> who is gunning for your pack you've got you've got someone you no one no one makes it this long in cyberpunk without making enemies so you've got organized crime booster gangs drug runners dirty politicians rival packs in the same business and dirty cops I mean, I like how it's all, it's all, yeah, it's (laughs) dirty politicians, drug runners, dirty cops, rival packs in the same business. What I would like to see though, is just as they kind of hit that spectrum on philosophy and I was suggesting like, you know, playing your character, the opposite of pack philosophy, whether good or bad, and maybe you're the the opposite end of the spectrum i feel like that should have been in there in the gunning it should they should have had like it's it's not always dirty politicians maybe you're one of the maybe your pack philosophy is some of that evil shit and it's actually a a good politician it's like i want to end these people that are you know raising hell on the highways and you know so they kind of they kind of fumbled that a little uh artel story and i feel like you know they they hit that spectrum they gave a broad option sort of thing on the philosophy then when they went to gunning it's like they forgot the fact that you could be evil they just made everyone that's gunning for you kind of mm. evil and that, that i don't like yeah. that too much with the exception of rival packs in the same business because yeah that could just be competition so it's not necessarily evil after you but again like i said it would have been nice that they had a couple of good options or they put in there dirty you know or or Clean just politician. politician, or just po- well, I think just politician is dirty, right? So it have well, to. Well, I was going to say, yeah, it doesn't have to... need the 
prefix. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really. <laughs> but you get my point. You get my point. I feel like there should have yeah. been some good things there because you do have the option to have the bad guy philosophy in your pack. So maybe they're trying to steer people away from just being outright <laughs> murder hobos. We'll and go try with and, that. Like, drop the hint that like. But maybe don't play as a murder hobo, because um, yeah. no one wants to play with a murder hobo. Okay, right. <laughs> I'll say it. I don't like to play with a murder hobo. But yeah, I suppose, and I, uh, I think it's up to the player as well of like how you want to twist that. You know, um, how do you, how do they see you? How do you see them? If they're your enemies, you're probably gonna say, yeah, f those guys. They're they're evil. They're bad they're the baddies um it's also i didn't do it for i didn't roll it for the volkovs but like if you were an entertainment group i love the idea of a, a war between two yeah. traveling entertainment groups and just like i like that yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and it could oh, even be no. like an almost battle of the bands at one point because like some yes. big epic event where it's like battle of the circuses or something crazy you, you could know? absolutely do scott pilgrim versus the world yeah. cyberpunk yeah, yeah and that's correct that's how you play the game well done you did it <laughs> oh, yeah. um well that hey, is the life path yeah i was just gonna say we kind of we, we nailed the life path great job ellen Great job, everybody in chat, for contributing ideas. We're going to move on to archetypes now. However, I do want to mention, anybody in chat, if all of a sudden something pops in your head that has to do with life path, feel free to put it in chat. We, I, we have no problem backtracking ideas and yeah. bouncing around with ideas. I think it's more important that we get all the ideas out and we make this episode as, as, as deep of a dive as it can be. So that being said, let's get into archetypes at least here. Um, you know, I'll let you kind of talk about some of the archetypes. I, I made a list here of just some concepts and ideas that I have here, but I, I do want to start it off a little bit with the, the fact that nomads are all about vehicles. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's built into their rollability. Um, so no matter what, they're going to have something to do with vehicles, right? They have the options because of the family with getting transport, with doing all these modifications to them. And again, Anybody interested in learning about the rollabilities and some of the, the, the mechanics and crunch behind all this, check out the Cyberpunk Red Crash Course and the Cyberpunk Uncensored uh, yeah, YouTube this channel. Yeah, going to be crunchy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't want to get into that. But, but that being said, I do want to mention, like, you know, obviously the first thing you think about with Nomads is, like, driving and or fixing. You know, they're either a driver or they're a mechanic. That's the first thing you think about with Nomads, at least during time of Red. Um, yeah. That's what they have going for them. But obviously they're... There's so many different ways that you can play a nomad. I've, I've got some things to say about it, but I wanted to let you kind of, uh, you know, if you've got any ideas for archetypes or anything to comment about yeah. that, to, to take the mic first. I'm just laughing at the chat. <laughs> of a nomad, a nomad family of carnies, which of, you can roll in the life path totally. The Great Night City Bake Off. <laughs> I love that. Love that. And. Per, uh, Persona Miner says Ferris wheel and tilt wheels are vehicles. Absolutely. That's funny. <laughs> if, you are, if you're a carnival, then you probably have roller coasters. And I would yeah. love to see what kind of roller coasters people would make up in Cyberpunk Red. And if they, you could just drive them, that would be... <laughs> oh my god, you could have a shootout while someone's driving the Ferris wheel around oh god, and it's the rolling. Ferris wheel is going and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> I gotta wait. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> Do it on the next circle so that yeah. you end up... Coming around again. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, on to archetypes. Um, <laughs> so you've got a lot of kind of like 
inspiration from media of course driving is like a huge one are they kind of like um a speed demon you know um someone who who lives kind of for the car it's almost like the the steering wheel is just like an extension of their car do they like treat their car like their baby you know like mm -hmm. is it as well with the nomad family it's it's a pool right it's a motor pool um so you share your cars and vehicles so it's like you know who does that car belong to that you're driving um because that will also give you some flavor is is like your car like your baby, you're precious, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and do you associate more with that car than you do other people? So you've got that kind of like, that kind of car, rev head, speed junkie um, kind of thing where it's, it's all about the car. Then you've also got like engineering and uh, mechanics. So you've got uh, like your grease monkey, you know? Are they the kind of um, regular fixer? You know, you, you can always find them under a car, covered in grease, you know. Maybe they're a bit more blue collar and stuff um, because, <laughs> you know, it's it's a dirty job, uh, but someone's going to do it. Um, you know, so a lot of kind of tech resources. You've obviously got your gunner, your person who's always at the turrets or who's ready to shoot out of a window, um, who's ready to kind of, you know, hop onto the top of the truck, run down, punch someone off. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't know, flip into the back window or something. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I think um, that really plays into the, you know, the, the yeah. type of nomad that, that you want to play, you know, because the <laughs> fact that they're into vehicles, whether a driver or a mechanic, the fact that it's family oriented, whether blood or by convenience or work or whatever it, it's still pack oriented i should say mm. um and within that you know you look at the transportation as are they do they have that hunter gatherer vibe or is it like that scaver vibe almost mm. but like a little more noble because they're out hunting and gathering so to speak are they more of an explorer you know and then like i mentioned before i don't want to dive too much um, but i had in my notes you know family or alone and i think you know i i mentioned that earlier in the life path stuff I think it could, could play into the conflicting philosophy of the nomad versus yeah. the, the pack philosophy that could kind of play into being alone, which again has that 2020 vibe, which as a movie example, the whole Mad Max thing. Um, well, yeah. Great example. Also like which Mad Max, you know, as well. Exactly. The Fury well, like, Road kind of leans into that together, you know, together makes us strong. Um, that, you know, you have someone who, yeah, Furiosa is the driver, but also she is kind of protection and, right. um, you know, but then that's... But look at when, the originals too. He started, you know, he's, uh, it, like I said, it's almost like a lawman multiclassing. Lawman, yeah. Multiclassing into a nomad by, you know, Mad Max beyond Charging Thunderdome. And like, as he's going, it's all of a sudden it's, it's less, you know, trying to be the moral upbringing and protect the highways and more into like the travel and survival aspect of, of him. And, and I think that, that kind of played into the 2020 vibe of, of a nomad, really. But again, like I said, when it comes to archetypes, I think it's important to think of that. And it, and it can play into, like I said, the philosophy and whether you're mm. aligning with it or conflicting with the pack philosophy. And when I yeah. think of, like, soloists, aside from Mad Max, um, a couple others that, that came to mind, you know, and they, they don't have to be real. Like drive? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hell, yeah. With, uh, See, I was thinking... Ryan Gosling? Yeah. On the, 
Yeah, Ryan Gosling. Uh, I, I was, I'll, I'll stick on the Explorer side. It's kind of random, but like Dora the Explorer or like Johnny Appleseed, <laughs> like random lore things well, from like real stuff. But it, it totally fits that sort of hunter-gatherer or traveling or explorer vibe to it. Well, yeah, I was going to say with, um, you know, I'm not an authority on any of these topics, so I kind of uh, uh, trepidatiously tiptoe around it. But the word nomad is like it, they people who travel, there were a lot of nomadic cultures pre a lot of um, colonial, like, uh, colonialization? Yeah, nailed it. Yes. So, like, I mean, looking at Australia, a lot of the indigenous communities that we had, people say, like, oh, you know, Australia is lots of nothing. And that's not true because traditionally people would move through. You know, um, a lot of the a lot of the different peoples of Australia didn't settle in one place because that's not how the land works. So a lot of nomadic cultures, as they would move through places, would be planting seeds or trimming that knowing that once they come back for the next season that would kind of bear fruit um so it's not kind of in the life path but also if you wanted to do kind of more agriculture um i know they talk about farmers um, right just in kind of like general agriculture that's where the jodes nomads came from you know they were heavily into agriculture and got pushed out by the corpse and became nomads by necessity um but i I love that you mentioned uh nomadic tribes um, just that, just that, that wording, I think, sounds great for when you think of that aspect of nomads. But go on. I didn't and, and also, like, an example is the Romani people, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's an example that, that more people might be m- more familiar as with, uh, you know, a lot of indigenous peoples of, of certain um, countries and nations. Um, Look at, like, gypsies or pilgrims, you know, when you think of, like, cultural nomadic tribes. Yeah, you know. And- and the Romani still exist today and, and kind of moving around and not settling is part of their culture and part of their lifestyle. So, you know, you got to think about how much of, you know, with archetypes, is your nomad, a, is, are your nomads a culture or are they a job? Um, Great point. Or are they yeah. kind of a, a mishmash of peoples, you know? You've got that found family aspect that you find in a lot of those kind of mediums or are they a traditional family or are they people doing a job employed by someone or other? And that made me think too when I mentioned the nomadic tribes like thinking of like pilgrims right like a pilgrimage so to speak Mm. like imagine like the convoy or the transport uh, of like a nomad tribe but like they're not you know their goods or whatever are are Mm. like the knowledge of their religion or their philosophy so maybe like you could take a nomadic tribe on a totally different uh, tangent than what you're thinking of when it comes to selling and buying goods. Maybe it's more of like the philosophy of, mm. you know, of the tribe. And it could almost be like a pilgrimage in a sense. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah. And before it gets, I get too far away in the chat, Vampire Bites mentioned Tank Girl. Absolutely love Tank Girl. I own all the comic yes, books, <laughs> the movie, all that stuff. Great, great example of like a nomad, maybe multi-classing solo-esque because of all yeah. the combat fight, but but totally nomad, like living in the wastelands, anti-corp, the, the, the pack yes. mentality. Oh, great example. I, I love Tank Girl. I'm the glad style. you mentioned that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> I love Tank Girl so much. Yeah. Oh, me too. I even like the movie. I know me too. It's oh, absolutely. Lord, but I still love it. Whatever. <laughs> I lo- I, yeah, I love Tank Girl. Whatever. I don't artist care. subjective losers. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a shirt that says artist subjective losers. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sick of just like, 
you know, every time there's like media out there, like even the Cyberpunk 2077, and I'll admit it wasn't a game for me because if a world is too open in a video game, then I don't accomplish anything. <laughs> um, you just walk around looking so, at everything. You're like, oh, look at yeah, that. yeah. I literally like, I was like, I haven't even finished the tutorial. I just spent 20 minutes walking after like NPCs. And I was yeah, like, yeah. that's a cute outfit. I love that. <laughs> or just like looking around. And as a result, I, I, I finished just the tutorial uh, and I haven't gone back to play the game because it gives me anxiety. Cause I'm like, there's too much. I can't that's do funny. it. A DM Brando even... shared that too, and that's Brandon yeah. who plays with us in the in the weekly Yay! Sirenscape. Uh, he plays he plays Rush the fixer the, with the, with that Texas Southern the very charm. Eloquent fixer, very the eloquent. One we all adore. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you made <laughs> um, it, uh, Brandon. Yes, lovely. Uh, but just like in, with that whole debate, I was like, oh, must we all have a take? I am weary. I'm weary of discussing pop culture, and that's my job, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah sorry that was a big tangent i can't remember what we were talking about tank girl artist subject we love music. tank yeah we love I'm tank back girl on track. all right let's get back to cyberpunk <laughs> back on track yeah <laughs> we we did a few details yeah, yeah. but hey that's uh, the scenic route. and the last thing i want to mention unless there's anything else somebody wants to interject but the, la- the one of my last things i wanted to mention about the archetypes and i've mentioned this on past deep dive episodes is you know after you get through these philosophies the morality how you're going to play it that, that, that define the archetype of your character. The other thing to kind of help direct that if you're confused or give it um, a foundation to work on either prior or post to deciding the archetype is are you pro-corp or anti-corp? Are you pro-gang or anti-gang? And that can play into the philosophy aspect like I mentioned before. But I think it's important to kind of think of that because those are huge aspects of cyberpunk world and it doesn't matter where what level um there's all versions of those things so i think it's kind of fun to think of pro or anti either of that as as like a foundation or at least to give a little bit of direction but um was there anything else on archetypes that that we didn't cover any other characters and i'm looking at you chat too i know chat always comes up with great ideas to interject and we can we can always backtrack we can move on to recommended stats and skills and if something pops in our head about archetypes or something or life path stuff We'll throw yeah. it out there. We can always backtrack. I think I've, I've got two things to mention, which is one is like uh, academia. You know, you'd kind of talked about spreading the word. Like if they are explorers or, you know, a lot of researchers will have to kind of move out or kind of be constantly roving. Um, you know, I think that might be a cool way of looking at it. You know, are you a research gang? How does that factor into cyberpunk? Um, you can also then go for like, you know, do they literally, do some people have to get their education via the roads, the airs or the seas? You know, are you a school? Are you a library? Are you a preacher? You know, there's there's those kind of things of like, you got to think about what we need or what we crave in society and think about how people would get that in cyberpunk when, you know, we don't have the, we don't have the world network anymore. We just have little data pools and stuff and and you know the the nomads are responsible for getting a lot of stuff to and from people so there's that and then also if you got are, are thinking like air or sea then you might think about hierarchies there with archetypes you know because a lot of those structures are kind of by their nature hierarchical 
so that they, you know, can have a kind of functioning order. You think the Navy, you think the Air Force. Oh, yeah. Um, that and kind it, of stuff. Yeah. And I want to say bye to Capricious Nature, who is Zach, part of the oh, Cyberpunk hey. Uncensored team. He helps with the, the Scream Sheet project and, and, and uh, all kinds of stuff he helps me with. I really appreciate you. Um, uh, towards the end of this episode, I was going to give a shout out to all the Patreon supporters. And uh, Zach, Capricious Nature, has joined that recently. So before you leave, I did want to thank you for that because I am going to thank you later in the video. Hopefully you'll see it in the VOD um, if you already left. But yeah, thank you. All right, back to Cyberpunk. <laughs> um, hey, cool. there so he is. He's think, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> a good one at Sweet Ellie Bean and at Cyberpunk Uncensored Outdoor 7 if you Pixel can, Heart. If you can dream it and you can play it and you can realize it within the world of Cyberpunk, then the world is your oyster. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid of being like, oh, that's not too cyberpunky, you know, because mundane things still exist in the world of cyberpunk red. They are just no, not as popular as like, you know, the assassin, the uh, right. solo, the rocker, you know. So yeah, do what your heart says. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you can always put twists on all the all the roles and things to make it your own. And there is multi-classing, you know, and nothing has to be set in stone. Like as you've yep. seen in, in previous deep dives and this one, like we've, we can easily put a twist on any one of these life path ideas or, you know, put, put a little conflict in it or, um, you know, take a hard left turn on any of these ideas, you know. Uh-oh, is it blanky time? It is. It's so cold. <laughs> well, you're wearing, you're wearing uh, the black uh, tight latex or whatever. I the, know. It it's... looks like that from the front, you know. Weirdly, this is a very this skin tight, thin top. Oh, it's not, not warming. Warm. Oh, that's weird. Whack. <laughs> All right, let's get into recommended stats and skills. Mm. Um, I mentioned it earlier for me. I think it's 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 obvious. You know, every role you know has a role ability that somewhat coincides with a particular stat. Um, it usually leans towards that. And I feel like it's it's obvious a nomad leans into tech because of having the the whole you know uh, drive and um, fixing uh, uh, you know they've got land and sea and air vehicle tech um, so that's one to lean into. But that being said, I think the fact that that a lot of them can lean towards the mechanic side of, of a nomad it's one of those roles just like I said with the med tech thing where I would recommend luck. You know, normally I think luck yeah. is kind of a throwaway. Like, eh, if you want some luck or you don't want luck, it's up to you how you play, if you remember to use it or not or whatever. But I do think that there are some roles where it's like, man, you might be in a sticky situation um, where you're trying to fix something. And that leans into one of my recommended skills, which is deduction. Um, usually you don't think about that too much with a Nomad, but I think it could come in handy if something's not working on the vehicle and you need to, to fix it or pull some tech on it. Um, but again, I think luck is kind of a fun one. So for me, I think with a nomad, recommended stats, tech and luck, um, obviously, uh, reflex. Um, and then if you're playing into reflex, um, whether with driving fighting style stuff, it's like, man, if you have an eight reflex, do you put a little bit into decks? Because once you have that eight reflex, you can evade combat. Even if you're not trying to be a, a combative nomad, do you want to be able to evade people trying to throw some combat at you? Um, so if you have that reflex evader higher, are you going to put some into decks so you can evade? So those are my thoughts on recommended stats. Um, what do you think yeah. about stats uh, when you think of a nomad? Um, I mean, traditionally, it, and as well, there's kind of two ways that you can do it. You can do about, you can kind of think about it from a meta level of what does my game need, you know, and, and what does my story need, and also what's going to be good to play 
um, and survive. But also the great thing about role-playing games is you can really throw caution to the wind and, you know, you could have a nomad who is only good at driving, you know, so maybe they've got like, you know, really high reflexes uh, and dexterity, um, but you've put like no skills into learning how to uh, weapon, you know, because why would you? You've always got two hands on the wheel Mm -hmm. and if there's a shootout, it's not you the one who's doing the shooting, you know. Yeah. You can you can totally customize that. It just depends on the difficulty of the of, you know, immersing yourself in the role that you personally want to encounter. Like maybe you're doing a one shot and you think, "Ah, fuck it. Like let's just go for the real world-building role-playing of it." And yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a nomad who is the driver. They're the best driver. Like you know, people only know me as the driver kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm going to do high reflex, high dex, um, but maybe they don't do the fixing. Maybe part of their pack, they have a great engineer um, and maybe they, you know, so you use the rest as kind of dump stats and that can get you into fun, tricky situations oh, yeah, where totally. your car's fucked like oh no (laughs) yeah and i I like that you mentioned the metagaming you know side to when you Mm. think about stats like are you thinking of the team and other characters and how you fit in and and make a well-rounded team so you can have good Mm. missions and gameplay and stuff and as a gm that is kind of the one time i i i don't mind uh metagaming i don't like when players will discuss with each other the exact weapons or cybernetics they have but i don't mind if someone's like hey like I lean more towards like, um, you know, cyber audio suite. Like I'm not going to get the specifics of it, but I got ears covered if somebody else wants to have yeah. like eyes and be like night vision aspect because I'm not good with that. Or, or I, I really lean towards, you know, speaking and negotiating and stuff as a fixer or media or this or that. Um, but I, I, I'm not good at combat. Can some, is someone else going to handle combat? And like someone else will chime in like, oh, no, I'm good with this. And like I don't mind yeah. uh, metagaming when it comes to that initial stat and team setup. But I yeah. can also, as a GM, I've seen it. You know, none of that, and it lead to a weird situation that ends up kind of fun where it's like, oh, my God, everybody has, uh, you know, everyone has, yeah, that can hear really well and can lip read and, like, everyone's really good at that, but no one can see in the dark. Oh, my God, you guys just went to a dark situation and no one has night vision. Okay, this could be fun. This could be weird. Um, So I can, can, I I like it both ways, yeah. Well, and as well, like, just to kind of peer behind the curtain, uh, with Roll to Cast, that's kind of a thing that we do with our... Uh, like even pre-episode zeros we kind of come in with like we decide kind of what our next game should be and then we kind of have a talk about like you know just throughout the next kind of few meetings we kind of go i'm idea about this kind of character you know so we kind of we don't go into the depths too much but we kind of like you know for cyberpunk uh i know that um i can't remember who was set like on their character first but i think i think we knew that we were going to have a net runner um and a kind of fixer and i was like oh i kind of feel like i want to be the muscle this time around um so we kind of have that kind of um general meeting like you don't want to go into it too too uh in in deep deep but there's definitely like we'll throw it on the group chat of like hey um i'm doing like a really combat heavy character uh other people have a you know uh are settling on that as well 
or I'm happy to change. Yeah, is anybody going to be able to speak for the team? Like, do I need to get some social skills or does somebody have that shit covered? You know, I Uh, I totally agree. In our Sirenscape game, I was like, yo, can anyone drive or do I, can (laughs) I use these other two points in something else? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with going over little things like that. And I I do want to mention in chat here, VBB says, the only problem I see with... Uh, completely dumping combat skills is what do you do while the rest of the group is fighting and what you do there Mm. is you get creative that's the point you don't have combat skills so you got to lean towards your other skills and creatively use them to help the team or the situation (laughs) they're in during combat Um, sorry my little light is turning off (laughs) okay that's better (laughs) okay I see Um, but yeah I would say you just got to be creative if you're not good at combat but you're in that situation the team's fighting maybe you know, you're a net runner and you can quickly hop in. Oh, okay, everyone has night vision. Let me kill all the lights so the enemy that doesn't have night vision is yep. now at a disadvantage. Or you're a tech and you're like, okay, uh, can I jimmy rig some flammable thing uh, to set off the fire suppression foam that's going to now, uh, in that room, give them a negative whatever to be able to shoot yeah. into this room or whatever. You get my point. Uh, creatively Can I drive think, around? Can I, you know, can I be a distraction. some other kind of distraction or diversion yeah. and be there in time for the people to, like, literally run into and the I think, car? And I think that can be fun, too. I think being a character that maybe isn't combat, you know, savvy, yet you, you still got to deal with combat situations. I think it, 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 it forces you to be a creative thinker, and it causes for some really interesting gameplay. So I, I, I think... Yeah. You know, that, that's what you do. There, there's no problem with uh, yeah. dumping combat skills. You just got to be a creative thinker. Sometimes your skills as well is what kind of character that you're thinking about, you know, um, despite class and despite all that. So I know I'm just looking at my Sprocket stats. So, yeah, I said the whole thing of cool. I, I literally wanted it to be a very low number because mm. she's a teenager. Oh, I remember that, what too, when, when you came cool. to play. Yeah, when you came to play in the one shot uh, as Sprocket. And I forget yeah. what the situation was, and you did something, and it just, it just wasn't cool. Like, it wasn't socially right. I can't remember what it was. I wish well, I could remember. Cool. But you, you had to talk to somebody or something. You're like, oh, yeah, and I have, like, no cool, so it's definitely going to come across awkward. Yeah, I think I tried to lie maybe, and it was like, oh, yeah, I can't oh actually, she wouldn't be too bad at lying because while her cool is low, her empathy is quite high. She's got an empathy of seven, um, nice. so it's like I want. I knew that she was a sweet character, um, a sweet like tough character, but still, you know, she's got a high empathy. She hasn't been worn down by the world that much. She's been pretty protected in her nomad family. So, you know, I put high empathy. I put a low cool because she's a teenager. She's still figuring out because she literally is so tall and brawny. Um, she's got a body of eight, you know, um, high high reflex, high dex. Um, you know, obviously a little bit of tech, yeah. but not so much. Um, and, yeah, I gave her six luck as well. So I, I nice. clearly we were thinking the same thing of, like, we're gonna get into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and when it, you know, speaking of skills, uh, recommended skills. And I, I know I already dabbled in them when we're talking about stats. You know, all these are kind of in the same conversation. But for me, the ones obviously the the driving, piloting, riding, that sort of thing. If you're gonna be that nomad or the land, sea, air, vehicle tech, if you're going to be more on the mechanic versus driver side, or maybe a little bit of both. But then after that, like I said before, deduction, I think that's a great one uh, for a nomad. If you're going to be in that mechanic side of things, because when shit breaks on the vehicle, you want to kind of figure it out, you know? Um, And then the other thing I, 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 
I mentioned this before when I talk about characters. I can't remember which deep dive, but whether you're going to play it as having a little bit of combat or, or, or not so much, maybe you're more into the social skills. But I think that if you're going to be into combat, even within that, it's, it's extremely dynamic. You have lots of options. Are you going to be stealthy and into evasion? Are you going to be into more melee up close? Like, I'm only going to fight when it's right in my face and I have to. Or are you going to yeah. be in, you know, and that includes maybe martial arts. Or are you going to be more ranged? Like, I don't like to fight, so I keep people away. Like, I throw bullets at people and keep them at a distance. And, like, mm-hmm. if they get near me, I run, you know. Yeah. So I think you can kind of play into that, too. I think a nomad... It can, it can go either way. Like, you know, typically in 2020, you always think Nomad, like the Mad Max, you know, they're going to be able to fight too. Like a, they're like a traveling solo, so to speak, you know. But I think with Red, it just has more options as you see through the life path. And, mm-hmm. and that, that kind of plays into me how I, would, how I would rock skills as a Nomad. You know, I would, I would, yeah. I would decide all those things and then kind of lean into the, the, the proper skills to make that character come to life. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think for, uh, like, other skills, athletics and brawling were quite high from, you know, literally athletics every, every, every morning, 6 a.m., Volcom family warm-up time. (laughs) You know, (laughs) lift your brothers, here we go. (laughs) Like, so it's like that kind of stuff, the, um, mainly a lot of, uh, uh, heavy weapons and stuff because it's like in the circus it's not subtlety (laughs) oh right yeah it's explosions and yeah yeah and she's never like yeah prior to joining heaven it's not like she was in fights that would like be actual fights you know she was doing doing trick shots and stuff like that um and big big displays so so subtlety is not in her forte so it's heavy stuff it's auto fire uh, melee weapon as well she's got her big um circus hammer that like poo you know you think of the one that does the skill tester oh yeah, um, yeah. drive is an important stat i feel like we should mention this i know it's pretty obvious right. but be good at <laughs> put put points in drive yeah like it's you know it it, it goes hand in hand with your role ability with your family pool of vehicle options like you should at least be able to drive as a nomad at least a little Um, yeah i know your your base stats of like you know reflex probably be high but you also want you want a really good um you know like uh for drive i had a base stat of 14 all in all that's quite good because you know um once you do evasive stuff you might need to pass a difficulty of like 18, 20, you know, so you want to put yourself in a good position to be able to do that. Um, I also did like, yeah, language, street slang is very helpful because you'll be communicating with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah Robert Tables mentioned areas. that too. Yeah, um, and I, I know I specialize language. I put some points in Russian because oh, yeah. it is her family so i think it's it's extremely important in cyberpunk you know whether you're playing 2020 red or whatever like you're going to come across a lot of different cultures and situations where not everybody is speaking the same language like everybody has that street slang right everyone knows how to at least get by enough with that that sort of night city street slang that goes on in cyberpunk you know but um but as a GM, I, many times will I throw in like, you know, a group of Russians or yeah. Japanese, like whether you're going to see Chinese or Yakuza or the triads or whoever, there's going to be a moment where like they're going to talk about you near you. And if you don't have that language, you don't know what's being said. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So that's going to happen. Um, and before I lose track too much of the chat, uh, Persona Minor mentioned 
uh, when we were talking about the combat stuff a moment ago, he said persuasion and intimidation can end a fight before it starts. Great point. That's true. Exactly. Great yeah. point. And that just backs up what I was saying. Like you, you know, if you don't necessarily have to be into combat, um, you can yeah. you can think outside the box and be creative. You know. Yeah. I mean, how many like corpos and stuff, for example, get their hands dirty? Oh, exactly. Like, they don't. They don't need to. Kind yeah. of thing. Now, I'm PWB yeah. uh, in chat, and what's up, PWB? Um, he's part of the Cyberpunk Uncensored uh, uh, community and the Discord, and he helps with uh, the Scream Sheet projects and some of the things. But uh, he says, I almost want everyone to have two or three languages uh, to represent the multiculturalism in 2045. Great point. Exactly, exactly. You know, you're, it's, a, it's a melting pot, you know? Yeah, I was going to mention that as well because, you know, sure, like, depending on your nomad clan, maybe there's a predominant kind of um nationality but probably not really right america already is so multicultural and then you take it a few decades past where we are now and it is highly unlikely that anyone will just be like you know one language or you know um having to only interact with people who look like them so i think that's right. as, as a really good point to remember especially when you're playing role-playing games and i know like we run into that a little bit where it's like roll to cast is a group of four actors four cis actors you know three guys one girl and we're all white <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all have different ethnic backgrounds, but we are all white, you know. So um, we try and make sure that we're not disrespectful in, you know, we don't want to, like, necessarily, like, play someone from a, a, a totally different um, ethnicity from us, but we also want to make sure that our worlds are peopled by real people. Oh, right. You, you want know? representation, you know. And Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good point. No, I, uh, I agree with you. And it, and it is, it, there is a fine line and some thin ice that you tread on as a streamer, especially. Um, but being a GM or a player, you're, you're absolutely right. Like you want to um, have representation of everything and anything you can think of. And then it's also the future. So you got to think even more, <laughs> you know, you got to think of things that aren't real yet, so to speak. You yeah. know, you're creating this world and then you're relying on the lore. But you want it to feel real and be immersive. And through that, you know, you, you got to find that balance where, like, am I doing accents without coming across racist? Am I saying certain things, like, out, I'm not from that culture. Am I getting that right? Let me do a little research first. And, like, it is a little bit stressful. And you, you are kind of walking the line. And it, and it can be yeah. a little, you know, some sticky situations. But you always got to remember it's a game. And it's a role-playing game. And that's part of what a role-playing game is, is you are going to flex those muscles a little bit you're gonna you're gonna push the boundaries a little bit but that's part of what makes role-playing games so awesome is that they are so inclusive to everything and anything and you shouldn't yeah. be scared to try to incorporate that and you know if anyone does something a little wrong or something you know just talk to them about it if you if you watch a stream or you read something or you see something and like just be like oh shit maybe you didn't know this but that or i don't know um just try yeah. to try to take everything with a grain of salt and everyone just be nice to each other and i'm sure no one wants to offend anybody you know what i mean so yeah. but that's a great point to make i don't want to go too much on that tangent but i thought it was worth Absolutely. mentioning that stuff you know yeah just to kind of like cap that uh, like as you know kind of <laughs> white people if we are too scared to even talk about representation then all we're going to have is stories right. that don't have representation so sometimes you know it's worth it's worth making a few mistakes on the way if it opens up the topic 
gets people interested well put. in yeah and if it's coming from a good place you know always do your research and talk to people and if you can like try and look for diversity you know in your playing spaces but also just don't be afraid to include diversity because it makes the world go round <laughs> absolutely no and it's funny vb says it, it, that's part of why i went with german because i have some german in me so it's the only non-english language i speak even a little and yeah that's another thing like you know you can always if it's a little uncomfortable to yeah. to push boundaries too much you know work with what you have you know like uh, my mom's portuguese my wife is puerto rican and dominican and like i lived in chihuahua mexico for two and a half years when i was 13 to 14 and like you know i, I can lean into the spanish side and i can kind of mm. I, I feel comfortable in that realm but i love pushing other accents and dialects and cultures yeah. and things obviously it's fun and i try to do it you know um but that's a great point vbb is you know if someone's a little uncomfortable pushing those boundaries start with what is close to you first, you know, something that you can be yeah. a little more comfortable with and then keep going. But you don't want to, um, like Ellen said, you don't want to hold back because then all of a sudden, like, you know, it's, it's boring and you're doing the opposite of what you're worried about yeah. doing by being inclusive. So don't be scared of that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And if, uh, I just want to mention, uh, cause you know, we're going on tangents here and I love that. Don't get me wrong. I will talk, <laughs> I will talk about cyberpunk stuff and all this stuff. All day. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do a 24 hour stream. I don't give a fuck, but you know, Keeping to the theme of deep dive, we rocked the life path stuff. I feel like we, mm -hmm. we mentioned a lot of great archetype concepts that also play into life path options and things and thinking outside the box. I think the stats and skills we went over and the reasoning behind them and combinations, that was great. I think chat mentioned a lot of great examples there as well. I think we nailed the nomad deep dive. But that being said, uh, anybody in yeah. chat, if there's any last minute questions or things you want to bring up, do it now or forever hold your peace. Um, <laughs> let, let's get all the nomad ideas out on the table before yeah. before it's done. I know Just one make sure. one thing that <laughs> deeply inspires me as a as a person because I'm very visual and stuff. Um, the aesthetic. <laughs> so we did talk about a lot of like influences of like yeah, Mad Max, Mad Max Fury Road, um, Tank Girl. You know, um, kind of cultures that move around. Um, I, I always love uh, thinking of the aesthetic, you know, first and foremost. So, you know, if you're moving around a lot, you're going to need hardy materials. So leathers and furs, if you can get them, not that there's a lot of creatures around. <laughs> um, but, you know, like that's the thing. You could you could have leather or fur jackets like from, you know, 1982 now or even before because that shit is hardy. It will stay um and it's why a lot of people you know you see kind of motorcycle gangs there's a reason you wear leather as well if you fall off something you're going to need protection apart from your skin weave so think oh, yeah. think leathers think furs think stuff that's worn down think motocross stuff helmets but also all of those things tell a tale and and always people love to accessorize oh, yeah. like fashion is is just a part of our being um you know and, and with nomad it is necessity, but sometimes it's flavor too. And, and like you said with Nomad, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have some miles on it. So keep that in mind too, whatever the style or whatever you're doing with it, you know, depending on the type of Nomad you're playing. But, you know, if, if you are heavily leaning towards the transportation side of Nomad, which is very typical and should be, be there to some aspect, yeah. um, chances are, you know, your, your clothing is hit miles of dust and dirt and winds and dust storms and some scuffs from road accidents and things you've been through, you know, yeah. just traveling. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, 
you know, I totally got uh, nasal filters for my Nomad because that dust oh, and, that's awesome. and all sorts of stuff. But then also, how do you recommend recognize your nomads from a group of others do you paint your helmets a different way do you you know oh, yeah. people love to paint the sides of their transports people love to have a oh, yeah. mascot do you have a, and, i was gonna say do you have a mascot or some type of like yeah. lo- logo thing that you everyone has painted on the side of their vehicle or like a tattoo yeah. of or something you know that's a great yeah. idea i love that so that's the thing that inspires me so if that's a thing for people to kind of latch on to absolutely do that i know we have a question from robert tables Oh, yeah, question for uh, Ellen. Are there any non-cyberpunk genre things that particularly inspire you in your nomad role? Movies, music, other? Totally, totally. So for Sprocket, I mean, I was mainly inspired by circus and performance and, and that kind of thing. So I, I really went kind of deep. I also was lucky enough to uh, go to Russia with some uh, members of my family. So that kind of... Um, thing really inspired the accent really inspired the kind of speech pattern the characterization um, that like actually going to a place and immersing yourself in in the culture there can be really great obviously don't go anywhere now but like (laughs) you know um, figure out where your character's from and engage in that kind of side so I was watching you know some Russian movies um, things like that I'm a big fan of uh, animation so I love the film Atlantis, the Disney film for kind of found family and that kind of ragtag bunch of misfits kind of style. Um, so I totally was inspired a little bit by like that. I'm mostly inspired by comic books, I find, for most series of role to cast, um, uh, you know, between, oh gosh, I'm trying to trying to think of all the, the different ones. Um, I love a lot of comic books. And I know that for Cyberpunk 2020 and a little bit of Red, I was particularly inspired by the comic book adaptation of Danger Days, The True Lives of the Fabulous oh. Killjoys, which is a concept album by My Chemical Romance, which is very Fury Road, very post-apocalypse. You know, they're driving around in a Trans Am in the desert with motocross leggings and painted helmets and it's colorful and it's wacky and it's um very very stylish and they also gerard way is a you know very famous comic book writer and so he adapted that into a comic book as well called danger days so yeah that that was a big uh 2020 inspiration for me personally um yeah comic books for me generally music and all kinds of movies. It was a pretty general answer. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Just um, so, so many. Everything. <laughs> everything. Have you seen all the things in the world? All the yeah. things? <laughs> oh, yeah. Furious George said, I feel like the roller derby is really nomadish as well. Yes. And I Rocker Boy. Roller... Yeah, yeah. I played in a roller derby team um, uh, for about four to five years. So that kind of style as well. Stuff that you can move in. Um, obviously roller Turbo skates kid. really, really <laughs> cool. And also that's a form of entertainment, yeah. you know, is your nomad gang actually just a pack of roller derby skates? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that. Oh, yeah, means... oh, Turbo Kid. Yeah. yeah. That's why I said Turbo, Turbo kid. kid. Furious George mentioned it in Persona Mine. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And earlier uh, in the chat, it got scrolled out, but I do want to uh, backtrack. Uh, I think Vampire and somebody else mentioned 
uh, my 24-hour stream. I, I talked about that before I went away to film. I, I was out filming um, throughout L.A. and up in Indiana and such for the past month. Because um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm a filmmaker. I produce, I direct, I do production design, acting, writing, all that, all that good stuff. But um, prior to leaving, I did mention online I, I want to run a 24-hour stream for charity. I'm just running a 24-hour gameplay. Um, now, whether I cycle in a couple GMs, I trade in players, or it's just a set team with me GMing 24 hours, I don't know how I'm going to pull it off yet. Oh, but I want to do it this summer, and that's right around the corner. I want to do it like maybe sometime in July. Um, I'm not sure yet, Um, so I'm I'm running out of time to plan it, but I am planning it. Uh, I think Vampire, someone Mm -hmm. mentioned it in the chat. I do want to say it is still an idea that I have. It's still something I want to do. Um, I'm glad you brought it up uh, because I haven't been thinking about it uh, recently, (laughs) and I need to start thinking about that because I want to make that plan. I see my beautiful wife, Valerie Mulligan, puts her hand up in the chat. Um, You're definitely (laughs) in. That'll be an easy, easy one because me and you are always together. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's oh, and very, th- it's very handy. Yeah, and thanks for the sub. Uh, I know, I know the uh, notifications have been popping up, and I haven't been shouting them out uh, because we've just been been rocking the nomad ideas, and I didn't want to slow down the pacing with some of these things. But I really appreciate that. Yeah. Everyone who's given shout outs, cheers, subs, all that stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, just to check, no relation to Brennan Mulligan, right? No, not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Um, there's quite a I few Mulligans out there, uh, actors, musicians, directors, uh, stuff like that. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, no, I think we I think we rocked the deep dive. I think we covered yeah. everything. Um, Owen Renegade says, if if you need me, I'm there I, for the 24-hour stream, I imagine. Hell yeah. I'm going to start organizing Absolutely. that idea. I'll start putting that info out. Um, <laughs> before uh, we end this, I, I do want to give Ellen another moment to kind of plug everything that she has going on and where you can find her and all that stuff. Before we get into that, though... I do want to just say, you know, thanks to all my supporters on Patreon. I mentioned it earlier, Zach, uh, a.k.a. Capricious Nature. Really love the support, man. Seriously appreciate it. Everybody else there on Patreon, William Huddleston and Naomi Madlass, who are playing in my monthly gameplay. That'll be back on the 30th. Uh, Anino Gaming, which is part of the Wandering DM play. Uh, Leaded Coffee, who also gifted out all those subs during the stream. I really appreciate that. Shout out to you. Big love for you. Michael Edwards, a.k.a. Kira, who I think hopped in the chat kind of late uh, during the stream, said uh, he's going to have to catch it on the VOD. Uh, really appreciate you. Chris Anderson, Dolan Pondsmith. Yep, that's a Pondsmith. Uh, she's also an artist. Uh, she has a, a channel on the Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord. You can go look up the Dolan Pondsmith art uh, there and, and show her some support. Uh, Steve Barr from Sirenscape. Uh, thanks so much for the support. Matt James, a.k.a. GM Reservoir Panda, who streams for Cyberpunk Uncensored here every Friday and Sunday. Uh, Revolver Gray and Samurai Mac. I uh, just wanted to shout out the Patreon supporters and then... Just remind you, uh, check out all the links in the description. I'm going to put links to Cyberpunk Uncensored, you know, the Discord, our website, Twitch, YouTube. Check out everything I have going on there. I'm also going to put all of Ellen's links there um, so you can support her. And that being said, Ellen, why don't you take the mic and uh, give yourself a shout out. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> this one's for my people. Uh-oh. Um, uh, so thank you. I'll take the mic very vigorously and I will just say I'm Ellen Graham. I am one quarter of Baby Beard Media. Our TTRPG podcast, Roll to Cast, that's R-O-L-E, features a different game system each season. 
while we have done Cyberpunk 2020 and Red, we've done Vampire the Masquerade. We are just wrapping. The finale is out of Pulp Cthulhu, which is our 100th ever episode. We interview the people who made the game. So we've talked to Mike Consmith. We've talked to Cody. We've talked to Justin Achille from Vampire Masquerade. And we are interviewing Mike Mason from Chaosium Inc. very, very soon. So check all that out. That's R-O-L-E to cast, especially our next season, Kids on Bikes, because that's the first game I've ever run. Hey. I really, I know I'd really love your support and I'd love any critiques or just what you guys think in general. So please check that out. We're on all the things, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube where we have our shows, but then also we do Let's Plays, which releases every single freaking day yeah so uh, <laughs> yeah pwb uh, asked what system is up next for you guys what gameplay next what is oh uh, kids on bikes but but uh, i think I that know. one you've already recorded your release oh, yes. what's next yes, in line yes. i think is what he was asking yeah we can't drop that just how dare you yeah i know i know for that <laughs> you gotta give us some cold hard cash on our uh, patreon <laughs> Um, we won't let the kid out of the bag, but you do have quite a few episodes of Kids on Bikes, a mystery down under to enjoy before we start to uh, go into pre-production for our next season. So I know you're Fine. eager, but you just got to wait. <laughs> yeah. And, and just to um, remind everybody, I'm going to put you know all the links to Ellen uh, in the description um, when we VOD this. Um, so everybody make sure you check that out and go show support to everything she's mentioning. Fantastic. Um, and then... Also, uh, I have just done a one-shot of Lady Bluebird uh, with Don't Forget Your Towels podcast. It's very fun. It's an awesome little indie game. So if you want to just kind of have, you know, a one-shot that's super fun, super easy to drop into. It's like a steampunky high adventure in space. Nice. Uh, I play Lady Bluebird. It's very fun. So that's Don't Forget Your Towel podcast. And also I'm on the Sirenscape weekly gameplay oh, yeah. which you should all know where to find me there if you don't what's up what's up yeah guys? anybody anybody watching this live stream or the vod <laughs> if you're not if you're not tuning in to the thir- the weekly every thursday sirenscape yeah. gameplay that we're doing with brandon and phil um and rocket rocket fox then and you're rocket missing fox. out we have a lot of fun um it's, yeah. it's really immersive everybody really gets into it um everybody's you know, dressing up, doing accents, just having a fun time. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, if you're not into that, I just I don't know how to help you. So. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and you can also find me, just me, on Twitter at Ellen K Graham One. Please engage in my stuff. I want to be Twitter famous. It's the only <laughs> thing that's keeping me going. I need to buy more dice. I need to keep. <laughs> right. oh. Mama needs to keep in dice, so you got to subscribe to me. Speaking of, speaking of dice, I do want to mention a little exclusive info. I know I've kind of leaked the info before, and I've mentioned it in Patreon, but Cyberpunk Uncensored is getting ready to launch a Kickstarter. Um, it's also going to be going straight to store directly after, as well as some of the items might not be on Kickstarter. They might only be in store, but we're going to have exclusive Cyberpunk-style dice sets that just look amazing. They're the actual amount of dice that you need, six D6s, two D10s, and like the case looks like a, a magazine from a gun. 
Um, we've got portable collapsing uh, uh, dice towers with different streamer uh, logos on them. I think well, there's a role to cast one in there. And, um, and there's going to be some interesting <laughs> stretch goals too, some, some fun stuff from sponsors and whatnot and what have you. So make sure everyone keep your eyes open, ears to the ground uh, for the Cyberpunk Uncensored official Kickstarter. That Hopefully we'll be launching that within a couple weeks. I have to work on some things to set that up. Uh, we're, it's still in the works, but we'll see. But that is coming. I did want to mention that. Um, yes, they look so cool. You sent me a picture before uh, and I was like, Oh, they're they're awesome. I'm so excited about all all of that stuff. I can't wait to release it. Um, That being said, thanks everybody in chat for tuning in, being part of, uh, you know, the stream. Anybody watching uh, the stream right now, make sure you shoot over to YouTube and subscribe to Cyberpunk Uncensored on YouTube. Anybody watching the VOD on YouTube, make sure you shoot over to Twitch and give a follow to the Cyberpunk Uncensored Twitch channel. I would really appreciate that. Other than that, everyone check out the links in the description once we get this VOD posted and show us some love. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me, Ellen. Uh, you did a great job. It was so much fun. Thanks. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> and I'll see you Thursday for the Sirenscape stream. That you will. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Take care.